Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. everyone, welcome to Blast Shield, a Lower Decks podcast. Nice to see you all again. Or not speak see to you, you all. speak to you all. And hope you're listening. Well, we know you're listening. There's, we get a very high number of downloads every week. That's so nice. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm Kyle, by the way. I don't know if I said my name already. Did you say your name? I didn't. I'm Katie. Hello, Katie. Hi. Nice to Hi. meet you. It's nice to meet you as well. This show being so popular as it is, with downloads and streams and all that technical side of things, uh, has really sort of made me feel excited about doing this show each week, which it has been a struggle each week to get it recorded within like a certain amount of time between episodes, isn't it? Like Lower Decks drops on a Thursday, we often can't watch it together until a Friday, particularly because of where we live. <coughs> I don't know what you're talking about, I'm a pure American citizen. Exactly, yeah. As you can tell. Because it's been so popular, it's sort of reinvigorated me with um, my podcasting. We do really well on, on the Expanse of Star Trek Enterprise podcast, which is a much different experience to listen to than this one and to be a part of. But there's obviously a lot of interest in, in this show in particular because it's Lower Decks is new and it's got a new audience and people want to listen to, you know, what, what do other Star Trek fans think of the show. So I'm really happy with how we're doing with our numbers. And like I said, it has been tough each week to rush to record on a Friday night or Saturday. I have to get the edit over on a Saturday night at the latest to the Holosuite media team, Steve and Chris. And I leave it so late with them sometimes, which is so funny because with The Expanse, they get episodes sometimes like four weeks ahead of time. <laughs> I'll say it's ready. But this show is always a struggle. And I sometimes lose a Saturday to you, to the edit, don't I? And mm-hmm. uh, I don't get much time with you. So, so win-win. <laughs> yeah, it's been fantastic for me. No. <laughs> but, you know, it's been... Lovely time reviewing this show, but next week's the season finale and we definitely both probably feel happy that the pressure to get recorded and edited within a 24-hour period is not going to be on us anymore, at least for another year until season two comes. I've got to say that editing is just really hard work. A lot of my time and effort goes into it. Katie does nothing. (laughs) Katie only lends her voice to the show and every now and then she wants to reply to a review <laughs> that's it otherwise it's all on papa west over here ensign west doing all the work you uh, are lowered <laughs> i am i am in this household i totally am that's why i identify with <laughs> the show so much what am i then you're you're freeman oh wow ouch yeah, i can't understand why you treat me like shit and you're trying to say that you're my daughter. Well, yeah, so with that in mind and how excited we've been doing this show, and we don't want to stop doing it because Blast Shield will still be on air during um, the time in between seasons. We do plan to do some specials each month. And we decided to launch a new podcast. We've hinted at this over the last few weeks. Say what? Say what? Tell me more. I will tell you more, Katie and dear listeners. We are launching Her First Trek, a Star Trek review podcast. Although Katie has seen Enterprise and Discovery, Picard, and now Lower Decks, she's never, never touched or gone near the uh, the old shows. So we're talking TOS, TNG, DS9, and Voyager. So each week, 
on our new show, which will launch, uh, we're planning to launch it probably like on January 1st or something, in that first week of January. She is going to watch one episode from each show each week in order. So potentially I think it could take us like four years to get through those shows. It's a long journey. It will be. I'll be almost... I'll be almost 40 by the time your first track is over. It seems like such a good use of our time together. I know, I know. Yeah, we're not on this world for long and we're just going to devote it to a track podcast. But the preview is already out. So for those of you who do follow us on social media at Blast Shield Up, we have already linked to the teaser trailer. It's on a different feed on your podcast catches. So you need to just type in her first track, just like her first time. You see what we did there, yeah? Yes, yeah. so uncomfortable. Yeah, but the tagline we were going to go for originally was like a, a Virgin's Star Trek experience or something like that. Or a Star Trek Virgin's experience. Because <laughs> you know, like when we, I was making the coffee before this episode, you were saying about inserting Trek into something or other. You do have a coffee. I have got a coffee. Yeah, As she said it. that, I was looking around for this coffee that there. she said she'd made and it was behind my computer. No, I was going to say inserting Star Trek into a Virgin's life, but... That's oh, just, gosh. I know. But you said inserting, and that's why I feel so uncomfortable. It's a good name, though. But yeah, it is available on Podcast Catchers. It's five minutes long, but two minutes of that is just adverts and things for Hollow Street Media. Uh, so without the adverts and stuff, it's about two minutes where we just introduce the show and tease it. We've got some great music. It's in keeping with this show, I think. And guys, her first track is just going to be more of this. It's more of Blast Shield. We couldn't do it on Blast Shield because we're considered the Lower Decks podcast on Hollow Sweet Media. So we've gone ahead with a whole new show that will be airing. And I'm hoping it'll be weekly because there's so much of it. Because otherwise it'll take eight years, I think, to go through everything. <laughs> but we've actually already started the, your trek. Your journey's already I have, started. So I have. at the time of recording this, we've done it. We've got all your thoughts on the p- pilot episodes. Once we finish this, we're straight back in the studio to do your thoughts on the second episodes of each show, mm-hmm. except for uh, one that we haven't got to yet. It's exciting. Let's just say I'm stalling on that one, guys. <laughs> no spoilers as to which one Katie's. I won't say. Not. Feeling right now. Yeah. Also, there was a show that you weren't feeling, but then you enjoyed the second episode. Yeah. And then one that you really enjoyed the first episode of, you weren't feeling the second episode so much. No, I did. Really? Yeah. I can't say which one is which. No. One of them, I loved both. Yes. That's the one I was talking about. Okay, I was talking about the one where you you liked the first one and the second one. Sorry, very vague statements for you all, but listen to her first track. It's going to be very hard for me not to release this earlier than I said, because I actually start editing that today (laughs) or tomorrow. So it's going to be, it's going to be sitting ready for like three months, but we'll have lots ready for you. It's a big undertaking. the wait. Worth the wait. We've got so much to do for it, which is why we're going to hold off on launching it. But and we're only doing that because of you guys. You've we've had great reviews on uh, various podcast apps. We get great comments on social media. The offhand comments I get from people, not like in a review way, but when they're just telling me about how they listen to the show and all that, I think is just fantastic. And also you've helped me manage to get Katie to watch Star Trek with me. Who would have thunk it? I know. You hate it as well. You, like you hate that, don't you? No, no, I'm okay. You're one I'm, of us. I'm doing okay. You're one of us now. I know. You know that now. You're I, one I of mean, us. I lulled and hearted a did meme you? with oh, Paul. You did, yeah, 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 yeah. You did. But I was veg- like, <laughs> but vegetarian. I was in bed day. and just having a little. Were you having a chuckle at it? to myself. <laughs> Do you know what I did last night for the first time when I was alone? I don't want to know. I'm gonna have to tell you what I was doing. Oh God. So I saw something a week or two ago online that I wanted to try. Oh God. And I decided to give it a go last night when you went in with Eliza into her room. Okay. 
I had to find it online in my saved history. I bet. I bet that was a minefield. Yeah. So it took me a while to get to it. And then I found it and I pressed play and I went to sleep listening to the sound of the Enterprise D warp engine. You thought I was going somewhere else with that, didn't you? I kind of wish you had. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to try. It's like the ambient sound of... It wasn't the warp engine, I think. It's like the, the ambient sound of the ship that's always in the background of every scene, which they add in. So people apparently use this. What do they call it? ASMR? Yeah. They use that to like go to sleep. So I thought I'll try it and it'll make me feel like I'm on the Enterprise. Did it work? I fell asleep to it, except it went on to whatever the next track was, like an hour and a half later. It was some really, really weird, happy guy almost shouting. I actually got woken up by the video finishing. But I think there's one I saw which might be on YouTube or something, which is like 24 hours long. So, so I can just hit play. And Can't wait to wake up to hear that. Thinking you're on the Enterprise. Night. Damn right. Mm. So uh, that was my night. So I think I really... You know my dreams are really vivid anyway. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I really, last night, just crossed a level of trectum that yeah. only a select few cross. That was where no man's gone before, probably. It was. It was. We're taking ages to get into the juicy stuff today. Mm. But um, as we record this, we should just make it clear that this is probably the earliest we've done this show. We're ahead of ourselves. Our children are not here. Hang on, wait. Silence. Unheard of in this house. There's no fear of a child waking up or just coming in. Like, I'm a very quiet person. Today I don't have to worry about being quiet. I know. It's great, isn't it? Yes, Harrison's in school. Uh, Eliza's with a childminder because we both have work today as well. So we've Mm -hmm. managed to fit this into our schedule, which is great. Yeah, so that's our week, really. There's nothing else to talk about. It's raining. It is raining. Oh, we've been playing Mario Kart, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Guess who's better at it? So Harrison's got a Switch because he saved up for it and he's bought one. He's only four. I never had a computer console at four. He got bought a new game the other day. Uh, it's like Mario Kart Deluxe or something like that. Um, eight. Eight, yeah. We've been playing that just even when he's in bed, haven't we? Mm. <laughs> and it's fun. We haven't had any domestics about it. Not yet. Even though you're... Su- not yet. Mm-mm. Oh, that's because you're winning, though. Yeah. You beat me 2-1 on the Grand Prix. <laughs> it's just unfortunate for you because I'm a super competitive person. You are really competitive. Really competitive. Yeah. Right, should we get into the episode? Sure. We're here to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, episode 9 this week, called Crisis Point. A really good Star Trek episode name, by the way. Crisis Point. How has that not been used? It's been over 700, probably been over like 800 episodes now. Reminds me of Flashpoint. Mm. Oh, oh, coffee spill. Oh, that was so close. Did it spill on you? No, nearly oh. spilled on the computer. Though. Oh, you'd have fun replacing that MacBook. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. God, I need to do it again. Just don't spill it. Ah, thanks. See? Full of, full of wisdom. Yeah, I am full of wisdom. Full of summing. They call me Wisdom West. Oh, dear God. Okay. <laughs> That's what they call me. <laughs> the Wisdom Wizard. Or is it the Wizard of Wisdom? Wisdom, yeah, it would have to be. The Wizard and, of Wisdom. And then your acronym would be WOW. Oh, <laughs> it would be WOW. I know. I hope I remember that to introduce myself as that every week now. <laughs> I am... It's a little bit up yourself. Your Wizard of Wisdom, Carl West. Dear joined God. by... Captain. Katie. You want to be a captain, do you? Captain Katie. It's probably a good thing that we've talked so much random stuff at the start because we kind of need to buff out this episode because like last week where everything was quite focused on the same yeah. story, I, there's not as much to get through as a result. There's not multiple plots going on. So let's talk about Crisis Point. It's a holodeck episode. Again, this one being the first full holodeck one. We had the bit with Tendi, Badgie and Rutherford a few weeks ago. Poor Badgie, may he rest in peace. He is in, in yeah, he's in hologram hell right now. 
we had another episode where the cold open tied into the rest of the episode. In this case, it was that it seemed like Mariner had managed to save one species on a planet who were being raised as food for another species. So it's kind of like a, an uprising, I guess. And in the space of one day, Mariner managed to flip it around and now these people won't get eaten. These lizard people won't get eaten by the rats. She thinks that Captain Freeman's been really happy for her. And then Freeman beams down. And it turns out Freeman, as you would expect, was a bit pissed off and was like, I'm so sorry. We shouldn't have interfered because it goes against Federation hmm. policy, prime directive. Rule 101. I don't think it's actually rule 101. There probably are more than 100 rules, though. Mm. But that would probably be higher up the list. That's one of the first ones, isn't it? Mm. Some of the first contact mm. rules. Which was the... Golden rule. What's the What's the name of it? They use it on Discovery all the time. What do you mean? They have, like, the names, like... Look if article something or... Oh. Article one of the... I don't know. Something important. This basically leads to Marin having a little bit of a hissy fit that she's not being supported. Freeman tells her she needs help and she's going to send her to therapy which mariner in the way that all people who really do need therapy <laughs> respond uh, loses her shit starts yelling that she doesn't need therapy and then gets beamed up off the ship and it looks like freeman then fixes the problem with the two alien species and then we hit the uh, opening credits so when we come back from the opening credits mariner is obviously a bit pissed off to be getting therapy hates the therapist the counselor the ship's counselor who keeps using food metaphors and things like that it made no sense but on my second watch of this i noticed more what he was saying Everything he said was a food metaphor of some sort or analogy. The captain wants to marinate you into the kind of captain that... Into the kind of officer that she wants you to be. Brilliant. Can't remember his name, though, bless. But uh, I'm He's ho- a bird as well. He is a bird. Why are all their medical professionals actually animals? I know. Well, it is interesting. I mean, it does raise questions about, like, how clean everything is. Tendy's a doctor. That's true. But she leaves cat hair on the chairs in the conference room. Imagine, like, surgery. Yeah. Probably getting hair in people. You'd be coughing up a hairball if you had to do, like, your mm. lungs or something. I think they're also taking advantage of the animation side so they can have characters that you just couldn't have on the main shows. Boimler is getting ready for a meeting with Captain Freeman where he's going to try and get his name put onto, what was it, an advanced diplomacy mm. course. And he wants to use the holodeck to sort of practice um, his interview, I guess, with Freeman. He wants to know what will work. So he's made, taken seven years of personal logs of all the crew. He's created a hologram that makes them behave exactly how they would behave based on everything they've put in their very private personal logs, uh, which was, or come to it, was a very, very very smart way of revealing the secret piece of information that has been going on throughout the whole show about Mariner and Freeman. I thought I thought this was a really intelligent mm. way of doing it. And you even went, oh no, when it happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Mariner, Rutherford and Tendi are on the holodeck at this point with a little nod to Voyager, where they were uh, Da Vinci shooting things though. So that's not quite what would happen to Voyager. But uh, So they're there when he starts the, holo- the holodeck program. It's not very fun or not so much fun for Mariner. When Mariner realises that these characters behave exactly how they, how their normal counterparts do, she quickly rewrites it into a movie and adds in some set pieces, as she says, and things like that. She basically is going to plan to kill her mum painfully and horribly in the holodeck to help her. just her mum. Everyone, yeah. To help her get over her, her issues. I guess. It seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Well, let's just talk about that. Let's just jump around because anyone who listened to this quite likely list, like watched the show. So when it, when it all starts, the movie, uh, it turns out that Mariner is the, uh, the bad guy of the movie. She's the, she's the movie villain this week. And Vindictor, she calls herself, is it? Mm. As in Vindictive, and, uh, I guess. And do you reckon? Yeah, it could be. It could be. And wisdom the, of wisdom. 
Wizard of Wisdom, dropping more wisdom on all you trackies 24-7. She's very violent. So she kills the character that Boyman was meant to play on her bridge because he gave her coffee instead of tea. I can appreciate that Marin is a tea drinker, actually. I wouldn't have thought that. I would have had Mariner down as like a triple shot coffee drinker. I get it. But no. Cup of tea. I make a good cup of tea. More signs that me and Mariner would get along very well. Mm. Oh my God. Remember that video with the woman who's making a cup of tea and she put it in the microwave? American woman. Was it American or Canadian? American. I can't remember. Who was trying to show her daughter, was it? In in a video. How us British people make a tea and everyone in Britain. I actually thought we were going to have a, a diplomatic crisis. An international I think we crisis should have done. going on. Yeah, we do not make tea the way that was done. No, oh, oh. the color on it. Yeah, let us know if you've seen that video. What was it earlier this year? It was circulating yeah. or end of last year. Oh. So yeah, Mariner likes tea. Yeah, she's very violent in it, and she, I think Tendy mentions it. Like she's killing a lot of her colleagues on the ship, and when she blows up shacks and everything, like the blood sprays all over her and Tendy, and Tendy's oh, disgusted God, that was by grim. it. It was really grim. Yeah, Tendy was horrified. This is what eventually sets Tendy off to leave the program. But Mariner was loving it, holding Shax's little earring with... Oh, God. You know, part of his ear still attached. And I was thinking about this as it went on, and I was like, oh, yeah, it is a bit messed up. At first, I got it's funny. Then you're like, oh, yeah, she is actually killing all of her crew members. But I started thinking, it was a moment on this second rewatch when she finally is fighting Freeman in that big set-piece battle scene that her captain has. And when she's got, like, the, the thing to impale her with, I thought to myself, I bet loads of them do this. Really? You work with people you don't like sometimes, yeah? I've, yeah, I've worked with loads of people. Mum. Well, not just her mum, but I'm talking about like all the other colleagues she was killing. Yeah, but she liked them all. Yeah, I know. She does like them all. But in the case of this program, she was killing them. And it made me think that I bet on holodecks throughout Starfleet and for however long they have hologram technology on ships for, I bet this happens all the time where they go in there. You're really pissed off at that person you work in, who works in your department. You're probably going to make a holodeck program of where you get to kill them. I probably wouldn't do that. Now, I know it's sadistic. It's very yeah. sadistic because we're not all killers, right? Most of us aren't. We're not like that. But if you had a holodeck technology, hologram technology, do you think that your... Because your morals don't come into that, really. Because you're not really killing someone. But it's still messed up. Because yeah, you're imagining killing someone. Messed up. But do you think actually that it probably does actually happen quite a lot? on a starship I hope not because like even if you put it in the context of like sometimes you have dreams about stuff even that can like mess you up for like a couple of days after because even though it wasn't real it still feels real to you at the time Mm. and even then you wake up and if you end a holodeck program you would still walk out with that weird feeling of guilt surely yeah you'd think so or like disgust with yourself yeah but you'd still do it I don't know it's that after porn feeling it's like when you know when you have a sex dream about someone that you probably shouldn't um, Never happened to me. I was going to say, yeah. But, you know, I, it has happened in <laughs> very, the past. That's very quick. Well done. Yeah. And then you see that person in real life and you're like, oh. Crikey, what was I thinking? Yeah, gross. But anyway, you still feel a bit like, oh, awkward for a bit. Yeah. So I actually think Marino was doing something that a lot of people have done, but it was messed up still. Super messed up. So she was just trying to work through all her rage and eventually it worked. She said therapy works. Yeah. This program she created was a, just put it out there now, it is such a... Very on-the-nose joke about the Star Trek movies throughout. I've seen people online say that every movie got a shout-out. Sorry if you can hear our dog in the background, by the way. And the wind, by the way. There's a storm going on outside us. Yes, so I've seen people online say that every movie was represented. So there's been 13 Star Trek movies. I've picked up on a lot, but I don't think I've picked up on all the references yet. I picked up on more on my second view, and I'm going to have to watch it again. But even from the trailer last time, the lens flares, things like that were brilliant. That's obviously a nod to... 
the J.J. Abrams uh, Kelvinverse films and Discovery, which has adopted a similar cinematography. But like there was uh, the opening credits, which felt very much like uh, James Horner uh, soundtrack. So it had a like, Ratha Khan feel. And uh, you know the opening credits where the names are coming forward, like that old school way. And I just loved that they were hitting them. I know. <laughs> but also, didn't it feel awesome when they were stood there as the credits were rolling around them? I loved the visual of that. I don't know. I didn't really notice it. Didn't you? I loved it. When I was watching it, I, I, saw, was, I was like, like wow. I like that it keeps hitting him and then he keeps having to duck for it. But It was funny they were hitting him. That was really funny. And they were hurting him. Does that mean the holodeck safeties were off? I don't know. I'm not sure as to what level the holodeck safeties... I imagine Mariner probably did put them off because she likes to live that way. She lives dangerously. Like, I feel like if she gets killed in a holodeck program, she'd be like, well, I probably deserved it. Yeah, yeah. But she's also too good to get killed. Mm. Yeah, so they go into the movie. It has the usual fun bit at the start. And Captain Freeman's with a senior crew. And they're, I don't know, what do you call it? When they're on their boats, speedboat things. and Jet skis. Jet skis on the water. And then vacation's over. It's like a throwback to Star Trek V. We then get the funniest ever rip on a Star Trek movie I think I've ever seen, which was the Cerritos apparently had a bit of a refit, but I couldn't notice anything different on it. I think the ship was the same, wasn't it? Anyway, they're flying in the shuttle craft up. Boimler's there with her trying to get, doing all this, should say, Boimler's trying to get information out of Freeman that's going to help him for his, his interview. And he's asking questions uh, to her and stuff and uh, find out what's good to say and what's not good. But they do a rip on the, um, the motion pictures introduction of the refitted Enterprise. Pike's Enterprise, you know it? So it's mm. the same ship in the track films, just refitted. Looks very different. And it goes on for ages. In the motion picture, I don't know the exact time, but there's always this, like, when you talk about it, you say how it's like a 10-minute sequence of just the... Um, every angle. Every single angle, cutting all the time to Kirk looking out at it and emotional seeing his his true love again. I've seen people make the case that Captain Kirk was in love with the Enterprise. What do they call it when you're in love with an object? Oh, there's a name for it. Yeah, sorry. Like some woman married the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I can't remember the name for it, sorry. But yeah, I've seen the argument that Kirk's like, does that and some people tie back to that scene because of for ages and we also have beautiful music throughout this in the opening credits actually of the lower decks tied into a little bit of Trek move music and it sounded fantastic. I hope they release that version because I will definitely be listening to it. To go to sleep. Yeah. Or to inspire you to start your day. Maybe that could be like your alarm clock. Imagine it. Then the rest of the music. <laughs> that was my version of it. It was really good. Thank you. I knew what I was singing. <laughs> we go on the bridge of the Cerritos. It's darker. I know that the bridges were darker in like Star Trek 2 and 3 and 1 actually. But I always think of it as like the real change in Star Trek Generations where they went the TNG bridge was just suddenly much darker and looked much better actually in Generations. Our bad guy shows up, Mariner, they, she beams over to the ship, she wants to get the captain. Vindictor. Vindictor, sorry. Vindictor beams over to the, the ship and they're attacking crew and Boyman is still trying to get information out of the captain at this point. He's not part of the crazy antics going on, he's just, he's just asking Freeman questions at the worst times. Also, he told Ransom he wanted to bake cookies for the captain for their meeting and he didn't know what she's allergic to. And Ransom, who was, had been shot at this point and potentially was dying, had a really sweet moment where he's like, good idea, you know, I've done that before. Make sure you don't give her what she's allergic to, though. And he's like, what's she allergic to? And just he's about to say, he gets shot again by Mariner and he's vaporised. And we get the no moment. Which I imagine would probably be Boimler's reaction. He'd probably be more upset to not find out a piece of information about the captain than if Ransom died. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he didn't seem to really care. <laughs> no. So much that Ransom himself was gone. It all leads to Cerritos being destroyed in this movie. In the Star Trek films, three Enterprises have been destroyed on screen off the top of my head. One, two. Yeah, one, two, three. And I think every destruction got a shout out in this sequence. And I've just it's just occurred to me as I'm saying this, 
every single Enterprise destruction in the movies has ended up with the ship crashing into the planet. Well, yeah, that's probably what would happen. It's odd, isn't it? Not blown How up in the middle of space somewhere. Yeah, but then everyone would die. I know, I, I guess. Yeah, they need to have Unless a way to get people off. beamed off somewhere else. And there was Rutherford who'd gone to Billips to tell him how he really feels about him because the holodeck and turns out he really loves Billips. Like, he's, he's I so should hero. have seen that coming. I know, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't see it coming. No, yeah. I thought he was going to be like, you're a dick. Yeah. But actually he was like, he loved him. love you. He confesses that he, he thinks Billips is a, like, the best engineer in Starfleet. And it turns out as the ship was getting destroyed, that Rutherford was able to create this program to beam every single person off the ship and to safety before the ship, because the saucer section of the ship crashes onto the planet, stays standing up like in Star Trek Beyond uh, with uh, the Kelvin Enterprise. And Phillips is like, but how? That's impossible. And Rutherford's like, no, it's it's a movie. In the movies, you can do anything with beaming, anything. And it's so funny because, yeah, the rules of transport in, <laughs> in the films is totally different to, to the shows. Was it Star Trek 2009 where... Scotty beamed Kirk across seemingly like the galaxy <laughs> on onto the Enterprise. <laughs> Which why would you even have a ship if you could do that? Why would you have ships if you could just beam someone that far across space? Yeah, that's frustrating. That's the kind of thing I can't get on board with. I like consistency. Yeah, yeah. They consistently did break the rules of beaming though in the that's Calvin not films. The same. So that's <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> rules are there for a reason. Rules help to control the fun. Oh gosh. Are you quoting Monica from I France? I am. Oh, well my done. Lord. I got, I got the reference. I know. Wow. Good shout. Thank you. And I'm all over the place with my description of this plot, but what do you think of the destruction of the Cerritos? Yeah, it was interesting. First time we've seen it. It's a Trek thing to always show the ship getting destroyed. I got really stressed when one of the things nacelles. came off. What? One of the nacelles, the warp nacelles. Is that what it was called? Mm. Oh. Yeah. Came off. It was oddly satisfying to see it roll like a penny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. And then got stuck in the snow. The Admiral, sorry, from the earlier episode as well, the mm. Centaurs, was the one who sent them on this mission. Come on, you know you don't say it like that. Do you love the bit where Boimler was in the room with them and then he's like, Boimler said something and the Admiral's like, uh, who's this boy with? Yeah. <laughs> whose boy is this? Yeah, yeah whose boy is this? Yeah. Like a child. Boimler's never going to go far in Starfleet. No. I can't see it happening. But yeah, when the ship's destroyed, we get a, an amazing set piece sequence with Vindictor and... Freeman, they fight through the ship. Freeman doesn't know who Vindictor is, but obviously mm. Vindictor is Mariner, and she's starting to she's starting to vent. She's starting to let out all attention, all her stress, and it is probably good for her. Just as she's about to kill Freeman, she's taken out by big plot twist. For me, it was it was like a oh shit moment. Vindictor gets taken out by hologram Mariner. I was so confused because I thought at this point, I was like, is Vindictor actually Mariner? Oh. Or is Mariner actually Mariner? Which one's the hologram? Oh, God, you're on a complete different journey to me in that I scene. I really though. was. I was like, oh, my God, it's Mariner. She's in the program. Why didn't I think of this? Which means that they were probably all in there. Now, here comes the hint that something could get revealed through this program. Mariner, at that point, talking to a Boimler who's not there, she's like, Boimler, you programmed me into this as well? I've got personal things in those... In those logs, you know, the logs that he's taken. Uh, and that, for me, the second time watching, so I didn't think of it the first time, but the second time watching, I was like, ah, they're already dropping a hint now that the mention of Mariner being the daughter of Freeman is going to come out. So uh, they have an amazing fight. And Mariner, hologram Mariner, is, as she's fighting Vindictor, she's saying, like, you know, why would I want to kill 
Freeman. That's my mum and, and, and the crew. Why would I kill the crew? They're my friends. I love being on the Cerritos. I love my job. And, and Victor was like, no, you hate your mum. And she's like, no, she's pretty much the reason. Yeah, she does it in a, what's it, in a really effed up, over, overprotective. overprotective mother way. But she's keeping me on the ship. And if she ever got rid of me off the ship, I would probably be out of Starfleet. So I think we can root out your theory you had that the reason Marin is in the position she is is because of her mum. Mm. doing something so it looks like she's actually looking after her and she's a good mum in this episode yeah in the teaser I thought Freeman dealt very well put, sending her to therapy and things like that yeah. and she didn't dress her down in front of everybody no, she took she it to the side did it separately yeah. and didn't like completely destroy her for it they like talked through it and was I'm going to send you to therapy rather than the brig mm. which Mariner wanted the brig see not just a fun show also parenting tips yeah i've yeah you know what that's actually as you're saying that i need to think about that as well hmm. threatening my son going to his room what does that gain maybe that's why he doesn't stay in his bedroom all night maybe we should jesus send him to therapy oh no no i don't want to send my four-year-old son to therapy i'm joking he doesn't need that not yet he's fine i've got give me at least 20 more years of effing him up before <laughs> before he wants to go speak to a therapist <laughs> that's encouraging yeah no no i'm i'm a good dad you are Thank you. I will keep that little snippet as a separate <laughs> whenever you ever go at me. <laughs> oh, you're a good mum as well. Thank you. Yeah, you're a great mum. You're Thanks. a great mum. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know we were just like patting each other on the back then. This all leads to Vindictor beating Hologram Mariner in the fight, seemingly. I thought she was dead when she threw her off the yeah, thing, but it wasn't the case. And turns out Mariner was just letting Vindictor beat her and talk to her to distract her long enough for the self-destruct to go off. So real throw back to Star Trek Three. That's how we lose the Enterprise. And so it turns out Mariner had left enough time to get everyone off the ship so that she could destroy the ship. I don't know how it didn't like wipe everyone out because the explosion was huge and it killed, killed Vindictor. She got outsmarted by Mariner. And Mariner was like an ideal Starfleet officer. Oh, should we mention that when Vindictor was punching Mariner, I think it was, she's pointing out that everyone thinks you're a badass and you do things because you know everyone expects yeah, you to be a badass. Really weird. But if you're a badass, you would be... Just being a good Starfleet officer. It was really... Like, that was the real yeah, Mariner I saying know. that. I know. That's why I was so confused. I was like, is this the real mm. one? It was so strange. So yeah, she got, she got her ass kicked by real Mariner and blown yeah. up. The ship blew up. When that happened, the program came to an end. And Boimler had just been... Was he about... He'd just been thrown off something by Jet. Yeah. Because they thought that by giving chocolate biscuits to the captain, which he was allergic to, that Boimler was uh, an assassin. So they'd just thrown him off a cliff. I can't remember, was it off a cliff or something? Yeah. And then the program ended. So I've always wondered about this, like when they're falling and stuff, how does it work? And so the, as he was falling, the program ends and he's only like, what, two feet off the ground, but yeah. he just falls and he's flat on his face. So that was fun. And, and this worked for Mariner. She realized that it's just what she needed. She feels good about the job now. She apologizes to her mum later on, which... Oh, that was sweet. Yeah, which convinces Freeman that Mariner's up to something. So she's yeah. then with the therapist herself, trying to work out what she'd said. And then the big twist is when Boimler's gone back into the program before the meeting and he goes into it. He just wants to get one more piece of information out of Freeman hologram. It turns out he's there for the burial. And this planet looks a lot like uh, the planet in Star Trek Generations. I don't know if it's Virid- Viridian 3 that they're on with that, that bit, or if that's where the D goes down. But And then Freeman is burying hologram Mariner. Well, they won't have a body, so I guess they're, it's like a for-show one. Mm. But that's where she reveals that Mariner's her daughter. And that is an, oh, shit! moment too Boimler's reaction is Boimler's reaction hysterical. is genuine and you feel it like he freaks out that he knows <laughs> and then obviously because he's based on the real personal logs 
Freeman saying, don't know what I would have done if anyone had known this while she was alive. I would have probably kicked them off the ship or court-martialed them out of Starfleet. Just something crazy, really. And Boyne was freaking out. He then goes to his meeting. Can't get a word out as he's freaking out with Freeman. And she's like, you know, have you got anything you want to say and stuff? And he's like, Mariner. And I love that straight away Freeman's like, Mariner, what? And then he's like, is hot? No, she's nasty. <laughs> hot and nasty. I think that's how we all feel about, about Mariner. I think no, Mariner's no, hot. No, 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 come on now. You don't think Mariner's hot? Uh, no, I mean, well, yeah, but like you don't think she's nasty. You hope she's nasty, but you don't think she's nasty. No, 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 not at all. So yeah, Bimler knows. Interesting twist on mm. things. So what was your favourite part of that episode? I really like the bit where Boimler does his really overdramatic. No! No, when Ransom, when Ransom dies. Even though I find him really irritating in this episode. I know he's like providing a bit of light relief from the quite heavy mm. and quite gory violence thing but yeah he was just really annoying like he's such a brown noser but i also was really shocked and disgusted but also found it hilarious when they blew up shout to the bork head <laughs> yeah that was grim um that was the first contact shout up mm-hmm. and the dr tana comment i remember laughing out loud at that and i can't remember what it is now. oh at the end so when yeah. when billips and rutherford have, in the holodeck have decided they should just go get a ship together and they can fix, oh, yeah. fix the warp court there on their own time rather than being told to get it done in 30 minutes when they said it'll take a day and things like that it's like a bromance but just about engineers loving engineering and as they walk off happy for the end of their story yeah dr tana she says what was it i can't remember, I can't remember the line but yeah, she drops an f-bomb again and i never realized that tana is just the one who does that she's it's just the, the f-bomb person and, she, and the animation on her face was so good in that scene we should probably speak about billips and rutherford because we know rutherford well we know rutherford's interested in women hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean he's exclusively interested in women i guess and i didn't get from him that his i felt for him his admiration for billips was just admiration for yeah. for him but what i, a different vibe I got a different though. vibe from billips yeah. I thought something a bit romantic was going I on. I thought at the that. End. You know when they were talking about maybe we should go away and stuff? And then yeah. I was like, oh, wait, are they playing it this way? And then I was, then it just seemed like, no, it's two engineers and yeah. that's meant to be the joke. But I don't know. I, a part of me wonders if Billips, at least, is going to be revealed to be, well, anything other than a heterosexual. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It should be good. Yeah, Representation. we haven't really got that, have we? No. On this show. Not that's been revealed. Just because we've seen people be in heterosexual relationships shouldn't mean that well we haven't even really apart from mariners apart from showing an interest in people of the opposite mm. sex yeah we haven't had definitive statements i think mariner is almost definitely she, I mean, she had that holodeck program with all those oh i don't know i men. reckon she i reckon she could easily have a relationship some people thought that was what was happening with boyman's girlfriend you know when they were talking about meeting yeah, up again yeah like, yeah maybe. a lot of people online thought that they were suggesting that mariner yeah. was going to get down and dirty with what's her name i can't remember uh, we're doing a rewatch this week, probably. Yeah. So we'll know. I was going to call her Beth, but that's the other girl on Modern Family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our Modern Family rewatch is going great, by the way, guys. Any other favourite moments or funniest moments? So uh, Boimler annoyed you. Yeah. Heartwarming moment mm. at the end when Mariner apologised for him. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. And they fist pumped. Yeah, they did. I love that, that relationship. Really sweet. Do you think with Mariner, this seemed to be an episode where she really acknowledged that she causes drama for herself mm. and that she does want to be a good officer and she, and she does want to be in Starfleet for everything she says, which isn't a contradiction to what we've seen before. They, they've yeah. implied that with her before. She wants to be in Starfleet. But do you think this is going to be like from next week onwards, she's going to be less of a dick or do we just think now know. we just know, we know how she really feels, but she's still going to keep the act on? What I do we know. think? I don't know. It's hard to tell. 
think I would miss her too much being a rebel if she went like straight laced. Did you enjoy her fight sequences in this episode? Yeah. They were epic, weren't they? Really good. They were epic. I and... felt like a real punch the gut though when she was beating her mum up. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's that's. Well, you are sick. a mum now, so. I know. Yeah. My, my kids beat me up all the time, but. <laughs> you know what's interesting is I was talking on my Star Trek Enterprise podcast about how I loved when Archer came along because we'd had Janeway as captain before that exclusively for like two years you know when ds9 went off she never had many fights or anything like that and then our arch came along and had them and it was great for me as a, as a young teen just for the action sequences i love that in this one got the proof right there that you could have a star trek movie with just some badass women fight scenes yeah which we've never they've never really given us in in a star trek film can't think of any but i think that would be different now because mm-hmm. we've got badass mariner we've got seven of nine is now a complete badass michael burnham had that awesome fight with Cole in Discovery Season 1. Who else? We've got Giorgio, Mira Giorgio. Mm, oh, yeah. She who is, is just psycho. Yeah. And she's going have her own show. Uh, apparently, I think Jonathan Frake said as well for Section 31 that he thinks they're trying to get like a female, because female showrunners, he thinks they're going to have a female director for the first episode as well. So that show mm-hmm. is going to really be about girls kicking ass. Yeah. So that's cool. We don't want to spend too long on this because we've got other podcasts to record and work to do. Lunch. And gonna, yeah, and lunch have. to have. But how do you feel about this episode as a whole? As a whole, I really enjoyed it. I loved the reveal at the end. And it's making me excited yeah. for next time. Normally, it comes to a close. And I'm like, okay, I really enjoyed that. And now I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? Did we ever think that this show was going to be like a plot twist and leave you hanging for next no. week? Because now I'm super psyched for... Because yeah. it was a total TV thing to do where you drop a bombshell in the penultimate episode yeah. so that the finale is going to come to a head. Saw the trailer, so we know that Boimler is going to mention it to Mariner. And they seem to get beamed onto the bridge in that as well. As he's talking about, does she give you mummy kisses and something? And we see everyone on the bridge look mad. So I'm wondering, does Boimler unintentionally tell them all, everyone on the bridge, that Mariner's her daughter? And how would that change the show? Yeah. I'm wondering who already knows. Maybe we'll find out if anyone does already know. I reckon no one knows. Hmm. Because Bonner said before he reads all the logs, like mm, all the oh mission yeah, logs. That's true. So he would know if anything was said in there. And he somehow got access to the personal logs to, maybe not to read them, but to put them in the mm. holodeck. So I reckon he would know if, if it was public information in any way. So next week's the last one. Yeah. Excited? Sad? Yeah. Bit of both. Bit of both. Got some other shows to keep me going. Yeah, yeah, for a little while. Get my fix. Get your fix on. We're going to do our binge this week? Yeah. Exciting. Won't mm. take long. It's three hours. So as parents, that's probably about six days worth of trying to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, my favourite bits, by the way, was the entire episode. I freaking loved it. But the reveal that Mariner is Freeman's daughter to Boimler, that was that was the moment where I was like, oh my God. So clever. Yeah. The way they did that was so clever. It was. I, they deserve credit for that because mm. who would have ever thought that was how it was going to come out? Mm. It was great. Presented by Holosuite Media, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast, is produced and hosted by Kyle West and myself, Katie Harbin. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Blast Shield, be sure to follow Blast Shield up on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And you can also find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Thomas West. To join Holosuite Media's community discussion group, simply type The Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we will see you there. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. When you look at it now, you're like, oh, there is some stuff in there that it's 
not been handled delicately, right. I think. But I, I think at the time, they, they handled it yeah. as delicately as they knew how to. Exactly. You are spot on with that. Not, it's not that, you know, throughout, through all time, it was not delicately handled. It's just at that time, with their understanding, they did the best they could. They had the best intentions with it. Kind of like Trip. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't <laughs> and I don't even think if anyone watched it now and got offended by it, I don't think ever the intention was for that. I'd like to think anyone could look at it right. and think, well, actually, let's applaud the show for doing this story when they were, when no one else was doing these yeah. kind of stories. Loading Sweet preview program for... There are four questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. I feel like they're starting to open it up to a lot of people. And I think that we need, uh, like, young people, we're, we're, the, we're the future. Like, you're the future. You, you can dictate how you want to change the world. And if you feel like you want to be whatever you want to be, don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't. Because you can do whatever you want. You know, and I, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, don't give up because you never know what you can do until you do it. Loading Sweet preview program for Ladies Trek Library, women with a passion for Star Trek books. One of the reasons I was excited to read this book was because it's called Uhura's Song. And we don't get a lot of books where Uhura is a main character. Um, and she was my favorite character from the original series. So I was excited to see a book about her. And I, and I like how, and I was thinking about the, uh, the Broadway play Cats, because they kind of used cat names that, that reminded me of the names in this book. So, and, and this book was written in 85, so it could have been inspired by Cats in that way. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.